find Halloween music? Come on. <laughs> no, we open with this music. I'll turn on the Halloween music after. Live from your CEO's pre-Halloween scare fest. It's yet another manic Monday edition of Business Bands. Joined as usual by analyst Hall Matt Mascardi. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And today's Damien. Mo- yeah. Back from your deathbed. Oh, don't say that. And today's moldy, oh, speaking of which, moldy dead leaf pile called October 30th, 2023. We have a scary headline game and a will your car CEO keep its job game. Well, those two sound <laughs> fun, I guess. I also, I have one short, terrifying yeah. director to vote out. Perfect. Although Our show today, that, yeah. That might be aggressive. Okay. Yeah, everything, I'm realizing everything we do is aggressive. Our show today is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics. The only ESG data platform to measure real board influence. That part at least is true. That is correct. That that honestly, why we don't have ten thousand users of freeflowanalytics.com? <laughs> I don't know. Because you know why, Matt? We're we're learning every day, is because nobody nobody wants to to implicate people with uh, get it, with doing anything. Heaven forbid you know the name of somebody who sh- who's nope. shitty. <laughs> Nobody wants to play that game. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the Bernie Madoff documentary on Netflix on my sick bed over the weekend, and and even it, it, J.P. Morgan is is implicit is uh, 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 you know complicit, is yeah. complicit in the deal, letting Bernie have his accounts over there, doing all kinds of bullshit. They get fined two billion dollars, two billion dollars, and not a single executive even or director even loses their job. I mean, let alone go to jail. Someone from middle management must have lost their job like two years later. Uh huh. Sure. Like as a result, it's too um, aggressive. It's too aggressive. I just can't understand um, how, like, you have to be really will. I saw the Bernie Madoff documentary. It's been up for a while. It's really good. My 12-year-old daughter thought it was awesome. Incredible. Um, And I don't understand how that happens. Sad. Like, for that long, for a long time. Uh, Yeah, there's some amazing... I get it. There's some amazing parts, including uh, Bernie calling the SEC directly on the phone and the SEC asking him, do you run a hedge fund? And he said no. And they said, OK. And that was the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's the- yeah th- and well, this is why we a- do. But this is why we do what we try to do. We try to un- un- unentangle, untangle the, the right, the connections and the webs of, of people. But again, we're told over and over again that to back off it's too much that was an aggressive question by the sec yeah it was a bit aggressive all right, all right let's do a scary oh. show oh because tomorrow is halloween here in the united states a holiday no one cares about except for us well children no oh you mean the world in the world i mean the rest of the world yeah children in the united states I think the european kids they try they try but they're not as gluttonous over there so it's not it's not the same so you so uh, then they're just gonna have to bear with us while we do a Halloween episode. All right, Matt. I got uh, just from the last few days. I have the top eight scary headline games. So just tell me, Ooh. this is a quick and easy one for you. And a score from one to ten. How how scared are you? And you can do this any way you want. Are you scared for humanity? You're scared for yourself. Are you scared for the company? Are you what? You scared for the shareholder? Whatever you want to so say. Zero is I'm not scared at all. Ten is I'm t- yes. absolutely horrified and terrified. Got it. Let's Lock do this your doors. Game. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. AI one percenters seizing power forever is the real doomsday scenario. Warns AI Godfather. 
<laughs> Good one to start with, right? I, honestly, does it get more terrifying than that? Let us let's talk about who the yeah uh, AI one percenters are. Okay, well, there are two things to unravel here. Because first of all, okay, there are two sides of this argument. The AI one percenters, uh, according to the to this AI Godfather, are Open AI. Uh, he's CEO Sam Altman. Yeah. Okay. Google DeepMind Demi Hassabis. Okay. And Anthropics Dario Omedi, isn't it? Sadly, I don't even know two of these men, but these are the three men who were most responsible for a massive amount of corporate lobbying, trying to ensure that the government backs the f off. Can we back up though? Yeah. Because go ahead. Google DeepMind is yep. owned by Google, who's owned by Alphabet, Alphabet. which is fifty. 2% controlled by Sergey Brin and Larry yes, Page. Absolutely. Like so it's not that guy. That guy might be in charge of like developing it and he might be like if so what's weird about this is the godfather mm -hmm. is was from Google, right? Like isn't it the um the, the guy who, who who's quoted here is here, an ex Googler? No, here's what's super crazy about this matt is that who this is is the current chief ai scientist at meta <laughs> okay this is so, this is yon lacoon the guy from meta is warning us that people like uh sam altman and and alphabet are are gonna run away and destroy the world and again this is coming from meta here is what strikes me mm -hmm. everyone who's talking is basically wholly owned part of a tech bro, right? Like it's yeah. not like we're talking about the scientists who are developing AI as the one percenters. They're, they're not the one percenters. The one percenters are Elon Musk, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg. Like, uh, like it's, it's the people who control the companies that control the AI. Yeah. Except that, like, two, but the two of the people you just mentioned, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are part of this push towards AI though, of course. The, don't forget. That's, what, that's my point. Yeah. It's like the, the chief AI scientist at Meta saying it, we should, the real doomsday is that like Sam Altman, Demise Hassabis and Dario Amodi are the ones we need to be worried about. No, they're not who we need to be worried about. It's every one of your bosses. Like the, that's who we need to be worried about. Isn't it? How scared are you about this headline? All right, I'm going to go with um, a nine out of ten. Yeah, and I think that with. the 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 reason why it's probably so high is that who, I'll get to this a little bit later. Is that who is who is controlling this? Who where are the safeguards? Is it is it the market? Is it the listing exchanges? Is it, is it shareholders? Is no, it regulators? They're all right. fake public or not. Public. But they're all they're, they all could be. Is that is that a hopeful statement? Okay, moving on. Let's stay with AI a little bit longer. Um, the next headline, humans could become part AI to keep up with super intelligent machines, according to OpenAI's chief scientist. Okay, now, as part of my fever dream over the weekend, uh, as part of my sickness and ridiculous whatever I have, I it dawned on me, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm not the first one to, have this, to come to this conclusion. It dawned on me that... Really, what we're witnessing is the creation of a new species, right? We're a creation oh. of a new species to, to sort of to compete with human beings. Am I wrong about this? Are we not creating a new form of human being with AI? 
I Are mean, you skeptical did, about that? Well, did we create a new form of human being with social media? I think that the social media is sort of the the, the petri dish and, and database to help fi- to help AI kind of figure out how to take over the world. I, I don't I don't know what the end game is with social media, but to me, AI's purpose is much more direct. I I, I don't social media is just kind of the the ruinous platform to kind of I, I don't know to 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 make everyone uh, hate each other and to to ca- <laughs> cause so go. much. Din- Cause so much disinformation and distraction that nobody knows where to look. Nobody knows who the heroes are or the, or the enemies. I don't know what social media is. All I know is that as part of this story, Elon Musk has said that Neuralink is the, the way to get AI in people's brains. Uh, right? I mean, maybe, maybe what social media is, Matt, is the, the most ingenious, evil gra- like data grab ever known. Because it is what people are doing is just dumping all of their brain activity free into free social media platforms, right? And and these companies are using it to create better and better AI, no? <laughs> well, they're using it to create basically optimal tech bros. To learn I mean, how humans basically think how to and how to how to coerce humans into not, doing no, things, wait. how to no, Let's be clear. What? Not all yeah. humans. It doesn't learn how women think or people of color think that's or true, people of any other ethnicity think. It that's is true. very specifically but, building building perf- perfect tech bros. That's but it's, it's not doing. women. It's not women and people of color who are who are in charge of AI, though. No, that's that's my point. That's right. why AI will actually never like. So if you put imagine. All right. So. Imagine a scenario, you put the Neuralink chip in your head, it's got AI enabled, and and as this says, humans could become part AI. First of all, which humans are likely to become part AI? It's not like um, the guy, you know, peeing in a bottle in an Amazon warehouse who's who's like suddenly ev- AI bottle pee. I think pee. eventually, but yeah, go ahead. But number two, uh, if you put a chip designed by a, a, a really small number of white tech bros in the brains of anybody who's not a white heterosexual male, what is it? Are, are we effectively like giving everyone, you know, white male gaze and white male privilege along with the AI? Or Essentially. What, or, now or what now do you understand cancel culture more now? Do you understand it? Now, it's like the only thing fighting the AI dominance, right? The AI tech bro dominance. It's the, I mean, really, it's now, the only thing that cancels out that line of thought, like that that very specific way of looking at the world. That, that's what cancel culture is doing. Now it makes the, 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 the Elon Musk, you know, like and his anti-Semitism and Bill Ackman doxing Harvard kids and all that stuff all the more terrifying to me. I'm going to give this also a nine <laughs> yeah. out of ten. Okay. Wow. Well, I wonder really- if anything will be a ten. You, you've yeah. outdone yourself. Well, I'm holding a 10 just in case there's something just in case. even worse than this. Okay, before you, before I make that nine final, does does this help? Do you, do you find any solace in this other headline today? President Joe Biden today, this morning, I believe, will sign a sweeping executive order to guide the development of artificial intelligence. Um, some of these measures... Blah, blah, blah. So you're already out on this. Some of these measures include <laughs> creating new safety and security standards for AI including measures that require AI companies to share safety test results with the federal government. There's a lot of stuff more like this. It's like a, it's remember a few months back the government announced voluntary 
guardrails, right? Yeah, I get it. This is like the next step in that, but do you find any solace? Any solace that, that Biden's no, at least trying? Like, first of all, who's... Is like Joe lifting up the hood of the AI and making sure that it's all set up right? Like, that guy can't walk downstairs without getting sleepy. The, and uh, frankly... I wouldn't be too the, sure about that. But, but there yeah, are no... The, like, when we talked about guardrails, even if you put guardrails on social media, it fails Every single time, like we've not yeah. put up a single guardrail that works well, with the exception of banning it. Right. Like, and even then people find a way the, no, there are no guardrails for something that ostensibly will be sort of activated on its own. Like you can yep. program in some guardrails and then what happens if the AI decides not to follow the guardrails. What happens uh, if one tech bro decides not to do it? What happens if China's AI catches up to America's AI because America put on some guardrails and then Mark Zuckerberg's out in Congress being like, China, 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 and then they remove all the restrictions anyway. Another what fascinating... It, what's yeah. the downside if you don't abide by the guardrails? Do you go to another, jail? Another do you get a $5 fine? Another fascinating moment from this Bernie Madoff documentary is that uh, at one point he's asked if he's worried about regulators. And he said, no, because regulators are people and people are politics. And, and, and what he's basically saying is that, you know, with politics, there's I can sway these people. I can control them. Yeah. I can play the game. And, and that's basically what you're saying, right? That these the people that run AI can use politics to their advantage. Don't forget, you know, one of the potential, I suppose, pitfalls of a democracy is that the ever-changing leadership means that the, the, the only people who stay are the founders of these companies, right? They're there. They're not voted out, right? As much as we scream that we're trying to get the alternative democracy to mean something, they stay but our regular elected leaders, they they keep cycling out. We already see that, you know, the, we've talked about many times how the SEC is politically charged, you know, how the, the commissioners change by, by the administration and blah, blah, blah. But this is why, actually, everything you just said is why, like, we built the data set that we built, right? Because, yeah. like, the point is why you can we? actually see the politics in the boardrooms, too. Like, you can see... We have data around how the companies lobby. We, particularly in the U.S., the S and P 500 companies, we have data about diversity and groupthink, connections to each other. We have data on who's got the most influence and who doesn't. Those are political and social factors. That is, you get people in a room, they argue about shit, and like there's usually an alpha and usually someone everyone listens to, usually the most persuasive or loudest person in the room. And don't you want to know who that is? Because that's the person who's effectively making the strategic choices about right. companies that way outlast politicians. Yeah. The average tenure of a director in the is seven years. At a mega cap or large cap company, it's more like 10. And when you talk about the average t cumulative tenure of those directors, it's 14 years on average, meaning across multiple boards, they right. get a, an average of 14 years. When you think about that, there is no president that can in this country that can last more than eight by law, but there's yeah. many politicians in seats of the highest level of power, like even Speaker of the House. You don't get a Speaker of the House usually for 14 years. It's yeah. really, really difficult. 
which means the people on these, and that's just the board directors. That's not the founders and CEOs who can last significantly longer when they're a fake public company. Not to mention just the, the ownership, right? Just the, the, the ownership families, the ownership blocks. Honestly, the real terrifying thing to me isn't necessarily like the, like AI, uh, like chips in people's brains or AI as an existential threat to humanity. It doesn't exist if not for the people building it. Notice how all the people saying it's an existential threat then go back to work and keep building AI. Yeah. I mean, what the, so, so what are we talking about here? If you know what you're doing is horrible, if you know the AI one percenters, that's the real threat or the or <laughs> whatever the, this like fucking chip is, if you know all that, then don't make it anymore. The chief go scientist. Home, yeah. Have a cup of tea, read a fun book, not Ayn Rand for once, and like uh, enjoy the fall foliage or something. The, the chief scientist of OpenAI also came out today saying that when they released Chat GPT, they knew it sucked. <laughs> I know. All right, so that they so knew, he said yeah. they knew it lied. They, it, yeah. they but they thought everyone would think it was boring and stupid and. They had no idea how, like the the level this. The, it's a again, it's a social play, right? People get it. It's kind of funny or fun or quirky. Then they all do it, and all of a sudden, it's a big thing. And you realize, oh shit, what did we just unleash? We didn't even like finish to, this. What are we doing? Yeah. To your point, this is what happens when you let one demographic control such an important tool, right? I mean, you're letting one juvenile demographic of the human race. Uh, uh, run this whole thing. Okay, so I'm guessing that Joe Biden's uh, executive order to guide AI, to guide the development of AI, is not lowering your score of nine. No, it's not going right, to lower my on. score. I hope Come it on. does something, but moving it's on. Lower Let, my score. Let's get back to. Give me some more uh, holiday music. Come on. Oh, you want let's, some? Oh, all right. Let's do back some to the game. Music. All right. Let's do it. Boeing, one of our favorite companies. Boeing is looking into hacking gangs' ransomware threat. They announced on Friday that they are looking into a claim made by the Lockbit cybercrime gang that it had stolen a tremendous amount of the company's sensitive data that would be published online if Boeing does not pay ransom by November 2nd. So this is also what's going on in the corporate world. Something that I'm always talking about is this like the 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 growing dystopian cybercrime wars. I mean, I don't know. Like to me it's just the beginning. Um but you worried about this? Uh, look, I know Boeing makes like, you know, parts for like warplanes and stuff. Yeah, and this is Lockbit, like, the world's most active ransomware group out of Russia, Lockbit. Yeah. Um, I just, I, you know what? Like, I feel like this is more like a six. Like what I actually hope. <laughs> Which still seems bad. <laughs> well, what I actually hope that they yeah. stole the sensitive data was like how Dave Calhoun basically gave himself the job at Boeing because everyone's been a bro on that company for 30 years. You can trace mm -hmm. like the directors and how they know each other over the co course of 30 years. It's the biggest fist bump, you know, board possibly in the United States. And what, it, what, what did they steal? How to, how to make a plane fall out of the sky and not get your orders out on time. Like, so is that the sensitive data? I'm sure there's sensitive stuff. But frankly, Boeing feels inept enough that this was both inevitable and there's probably nothing that people don't really know. It does make you think that now is probably the optimal time to start to rethink what boards are, or at least who, who they're made uh, out of, right? Like they're meant to represent a counterbalance to management, right? That we know. 
But you're right. They're constantly stuffed with the same people that run all the other companies. Isn't it, is it, shouldn't society really start to rethink who gets to sit on these boards? I mean, isn't you, now really the time? Can you imagine sitting in that boardroom where they're like, should we pay this group by November 2nd? Like, what do you think they have? Like, what do we know? Like, did we lose anything? Like, they, they, it's, they could have nothing. They could just say they have something. They, they, could yeah, have they, like haven't, one, they haven't revealed what they have. <laughs> but yeah, they could have like one employee record for somebody in the mail room. Uh, now, moving, on, moving on, 15,000 scientists from 161 countries are warning in a new report that society could collapse by 2100 due to climate change. Ooh, I don't fun. have to go into more details on that one. That's, I don't have to go much more. No, I don't think we need headline. more than yeah. that. I mean, that feels 10-ish to me. Yeah. Like uh, my, my kids might be alive by 2100 and society collapsing can be a good thing if you are off grid living in a, in the woods somewhere, or maybe a bad thing when everyone's got a weapon in this country and goes out to use it. Uh, back to the one percenters, uh, th- this headline, Elon Musk desperately wants control over your personal finances. Uh, this is according to reporting out of, uh, the, the Verge, they say that uh, in a meeting at the company, Elon Musk said that it's not just basic bank banking information that he wants. He said, quote, when I say payments, I actually mean someone's entire financial life. If it involves money, it'll be on our platform, money or securities or whatever. So he he's really still pushing no. towards this everything app dream that he has, making X into an everything app. And he this is, you know, he wants everything. He wants it all. I mean, again, this is... I guess it's not a surprise with what we're talking about with Neuralink. So the good news on this one is unlike rockets Mm -hmm. and unlike cars where he builds something physical, he kind of sucks at everything that involves (laughs) trust and social, right? Yeah. And and from everything we're seeing over the past few years, and maybe we can take 0.0001% of uh, the credit for this, is that people are kind of catching up with how horrible he is. You know, he... Twitter is failing. Tesla is sputtering. You know, I, people are a little worried about this dude. So, yeah, you're right. I like, look, I, you have to give him credit where credit's due. He makes a, nah. he makes a great, like, widget, like something that moves and flies and whatever, right? I guess. But, the, but it, it's also very clear. And having, he's great at fundraising. And that's what mostly has kept him afloat. That's the scariest because part, yeah. It, it took him, like, let's not forget, Tesla was not profitable for like mm-hmm. 15 years, right? Like it took him a really long time to turn Tesla into a thing and took a really long time to turn SpaceX into a thing. These are not, and both were funded in part by the government and he can say that, yeah, we, but we paid them back. But it was, you know, like it, it, you wouldn't have gotten where you were without those initial grants and the government assistance and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to like social and like even PayPal, because he tried like X, like back in the day, it, it, it does not actually seem like it goes as well for him. Yeah, let's not forget he, that he his, needs someone else to trust him, not just Mark Andreessen. Yeah, let's not forget that his first attempt at this everything app X, as you're referring to, he was fired from that company and it then it became PayPal, right? He, so, yes. Yeah, it doesn't always go well. When you have so his horrid personality, it doesn't always work. I, this does not feel that scary. I'm going to give this a three. Oh. I'm not scared. Wow. Okay, I'm going to shock. Okay, next one Abercrombie and Fitch facilitated ex-CEO's sexual exploitation of men, according to a a huge new class action lawsuit. 
alleging that the company, the company, not just the, the former CEO, that's Mike Jeffries, the company itself was complicit in a decade-long sex trafficking scheme. Uh, let's not forget that Michael Jeffries ran the company for 22 years. So talk, let's talk, a long time. So again, talking about boards and like who these people really are and maybe time to rethink like who sits on these boards. But that's a pretty chilling headline. 22 years uh, and supposedly head of a sex trafficking uh, scheme. That's a new one for the CEO world. Uh, I'm a little... I, I honestly, I feel like we're getting less and less kind of globally terrified. Okay, I should you, I should you reorder you really, these. <laughs> you started off really high, right? Yeah. Like, okay, this one feels like something that happened. It, like, it's horrible, yeah, and terrible. And the real terrifying part is that he managed to have a job for that long. That's the mm-hmm. terrifying part. Like, I don't yeah. know. It means he's empowered by the people because Abercrombie because is, of the board. is publicly traded, right? It's absolutely, because like, yes, absolutely because of the board. So, so that's the terrifying part Yeah, that like, because investors are so terrified to vote out board members yes. that they can sit in power and empower a, a CEO like this for a really long time. But that seems like sort of background terror to the imminent terror of but still, societal the, collapse but, con- but connected. No, but everything you were talking about before, they're definitely connected issues, right? I mean, if we don't, if we don't figure out ways to have a voice and have some kind of control, then it's just, it's all going to be, it's all running amok. I'm with you. It's still a five. Still a five. <laughs> all right. Well, then I, I, I think I ordered this game wrong because the next two, I think you'll, you'll feel the same way about. I, the, the next story again is about a, a board or CEO that just doesn't care. The headline is Kanye West drew a swastika at a Yeezy meeting with Adidas and told a Jewish manager to kiss a photo of Hitler. But here, but this is at a new reporting out of the New York Times. But here's the more <laughs> here's the more important part, Matt, is that Adidas had this relationship with uh, Kanye for more than a decade, right? And they only cut ties with him in October. 2022. In fact, even recently, Adidas CEO Bjorn Gulden has defended Kanye, saying that, you know, he didn't really mean those things. He's a good guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy. <laughs> and, and I also want to draw your attention to the fact that, that drawing things like swastikas in the, in, and uh, th- those symbols of hate in the comp- company of Germany, where Adidas operates, is technically illegal, Matt. It is, is illegal, and yet... Adidas let this go on for a decade. So again, I want to draw your attention to a company did, and a board that did not do its effing job. Did they say when he drew the swastika? Is this like there? According to New York Times, that initial story of of, of the, the drawing the swastika happened at the very first meeting that they had with him <laughs> over a decade ago, and that this was a pattern of behavior oh. that happened oh, like over and over. They have they have. So many reports of this type of behavior. Uh, it's like, not just isolated incidents. Look, I'm going to plead some level of ignorance here because I thought Kanye West was a like a like a new anti-Semite. Like I no. thought he yeah. was like like sure. oh, because he got like really vocal on Twitter over the last like two or three years, and I yeah. thought like oh he's he's coming into his anti-Semitic teenagehood, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just coming out as anti-Semitic. I didn't realize that he was openly anti-Semitic a decade ago in meetings behind closed doors with Jewish executives present. Not, that not, is not insane. To in, in in Germany of all places, where it is absolutely illegal to do this crap. 
that is it's, it's the one place where it insane. is absolutely banished and let's not forget that a few weeks ago a lot of the 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 the, the dopey ceo types like the bill ackman types are you know they're they're like they're trying to name and shame college students right for their anti for what they're calling anti-semitic behavior oh i where, love where we're going should, shouldn't they be at the forefront of this adidas story asking for the for anyone any executive any board member complicit in this to absolutely step down immediately 100 percent. To, to me this is a much this is a much more dangerous than students protesting I'm I, this one. Um, uh, the the story itself is not that scary, but the but the fact that like we have Bill Ackman getting kids doxxed while executives sit by and are cool with this, and no one like people are coming to Kanye's defense. Meanwhile, who's defending the Harvard students who said something stupid? Nobody. Um, I, this one is, I'm going to give this one a five also. You're, yeah. you're falling off the wagon here. You're falling off the wagon. Uh, and finally, uh, the biggest cruise ships keep getting bigger. Uh, the, <laughs> this is so horrifying. Uh, the next, yeah. Royal Caribbean's, uh, next new big cruise ship is going to be up to 10,000 people. Oh no. 10,000 right. people. Never mind. You ordered it proper. This is a 10. I hate everything about with everything <laughs> we know. The companies just boards companies they just don't care. They just they, don't I care. I cannot. I'm sorry. Like especially forget like climate change and all that stuff. That's like a 10,000 person floating petri dish. Get right. out. I Let get me, out. I'm terrified personally. I know we have time constraints. Let me quickly get to the actual big story of the day, which is that GM reaches a tentative deal with the UAW meaning Matt since I was out sick all three car companies now have settled their Ford, Stellantis, GM now. They've all reached tentative agreements. And they're, they're just now waiting for the unions to uh, vote to ratify this, which they will. Incredible win for the United Auto Workers across the board. Really just incredible. Uh, so I ask you, Matt, uh, quickly, do you think any of the CEOs at these companies should be worried about their jobs? And we're talking about uh, a CEO we talk about a lot at GM, Mary Barra. We're talking about Kalos Tavares, uh, CEO over there at Stellantis, and then uh, Jim Farley uh, at Family Run Ford. So, so yeah, Tavares, in, is, Tavares here is um, interesting. He was the COO under Carlos Ghosn at Nissan. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he came from Renault, which is French owned. My guess is. The merger between all of the like sub entities that make it's up incredible Stellantis, shit show over there. So it's a shit show. Yeah. I don't think actually they could. Like, they wouldn't even. I don't they even don't think they care. know who's who. I don't even think <laughs> they know who like who <laughs> runs what. And our it's fascinating to look at. I I, I do like tell people they should, they really should go to Free Flow Analytics. It is fascinating to look at our data at a company like Stellantis because it I think it it paints the picture well, but but it is a struggle to identify who really is in charge because it's it's basically a amalgamation of so many car families and you got the you, you know you got this um the Elkin family of Italy which is called the Kennedys of of, of Italy like, yeah. like he, he's the chair, John Elkin's the chair over there at Stellantis like you Isn't have a he member like an Agnelli or something like yes, that yes he's an own, like Porsche or whatever yes heir like of the Agnelli family you have a, a member of the Peugeot family who I believe is the vice chair at Stellantis so it really it's, is just incredible governance shit show yeah it's like 12 it's 
it's literally like if the mafia unionized. Like, I or, think it uh, might actually like be literally that. Yes. The, uh, yes. So, so, but he's not out. Um, and Jim Farley just got the job like two or three years ago. And, and we know that, and you're looking at our data again, which the true leader at Ford is the Ford family. William Ford, the 43rd controls 64% of the influence there. This is a, this is a Ford family decision. And I think you're right. Why fire him? What's the point? There's I mean, no one, no one's going to fight because there's yeah. no risk. Like the Fords have all the money. It doesn't, they, they don't, there's not, they, they control it. So that leaves you with GM's Mary Barra, yeah. who, who I will say, who, uh, according to estimates, GM squandered a billion dollars waiting to, to to make to come to this agreement, which we all kind of knew was coming. I don't know what took her six weeks, but what do you what do you think? And it's a it's a democratic like organ. It's a one share one vote. It's it a highly like um, dispersed company, which yep. means uh, and people were talking about how she was paid too much. She came out and said something stupid like I don't make that much when she really made like if it was like a rounding error because mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the she actually has. And this is the second time. That yep, the workers at GM have gone yep. on strike under her tenure. That she's sort of bungled, yeah. And her level of influence on the GM board is just above the lead independent director. At I'm the glad board, you pointed right? that out. They have someone already in place who almost has as much power, according to us. Uh, she's the longest serving director. So, so you're not going to lose that expertise if, if Barra is gone. Not to mention that just this week, GM halts its... Uh, driverless robo-taxi operation cruise after losing its license in California. So I don't know how Mary Barra keeps her job after this. I don't know how either. If anyone's going to lose their job over this, it's going to be Mary Barra. All right. Which brings us to my final 30-second bit. Yeah, come on. Give me some scary music. Come on. Oh, wait. Yeah, this isn't scary music. That means I need to do scary music. Uh, no, all right, you. terrifying board votes on Halloween. So here, here's what I tried to do. Okay. Yep. Tomorrow is Halloween, um, and I tried to go and see which uh, AGMs annual general meetings are happening on Halloween to Ooh. find the most terrifying board member to get rid of. I landed yeah. on this company, Paycor HCM. Paycor. Okay. Paycor. Paycor. If directorship was a horror movie, this is who you're most terrifying director would be for an AGM <laughs> yeah. on Halloween, okay? It seems very negative. Yeah, go ahead. The the highest paid board member, Stephen Collins, uh-huh. that's a .084 on earnings Ooh. across three boards, not one. Ugh. He basically has never sat on a board that ever made more money than half of the companies in its sector. He's, this is according to our data, yeah. Uh-huh. According to our data. He has 13% of the uh, Paycor influence, and he bats 368 on TSR. So he's below everybody who's mm-hmm. average on TSR. So you don't get anything from the stock market from this guy, and you don't. You certainly don't get companies that earn any money. And that's, of course, across three separate boards, not just Paycor. But here was the terrifying part to me. When I looked at Paycor, I realized, oh, it looks like a private equity firm called Apex owns 62% of the shares. Oh, so it doesn't, it's a, doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's a fake public company. I was looking yeah. at this and I was like, oh, well, that's a terrifying director, but it's fake public. And then I looked through every other upcoming annual general meeting for this week. And I kept hitting company after company, subsidiary, 52% owned by somebody, family owned, founder owned. 
every single one of them just kept coming up is, you know, there's like one or two that weren't, but I looked at like Cody. Cody is a beauty company. We're coming up later this week. They're 52% owned by a different beauty company. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, so I got all confused. Like where are all the companies that you can vote and have, have it matter. And that's when I realized that f- I did, I looked at the data on free flow analytics, we label companies as by de- by government types. They're totalitarian, they're aristocratic, they're democratic, oligarchic, all of these government types. 43% of global companies are totalitarian, meaning they are contr- effectively controlled or controlled companies. The founder has, is on the board, has all the influence. The, they have all the shares. They're dual class. It's actually state run or owned somehow. 43% of wow. publicly traded companies are not real public companies is hmm. what I found. That to me was the most terrifying part. You know, that is the Halloween finding for me. We had the great uh, 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 godmother of governance, Hall of Fame member, court governance member, Nell Minow coming up on our show soon. We're, we're interviewing her on Thursday. I don't know when we're going to release that episode. The week, but the, I, I would like you to ask her about this specifically. 100%. I do not understand... The, the fake, the, the alternative democracy seems like a fake democracy. That's what it looks and, like. And it doesn't need to be, right? I mean, it doesn't, I, I don't, yeah. I would like to see why, what she thinks can be done about listing exchanges, letting these companies list on their exchanges. It just doesn't, doesn't seem right. Yeah. That's it. That's your terrifying Halloween episode. Tomorrow's Halloween here. Sounded like every other episode. Free float. That's Damien Rollis. I am your analyst, Matt Muscardi. And as Damien just alluded to, we have a big guest we're recording this week. uh, One Nell Minow, the godmother of everything governance related. We're having the governance Illuminati on this show. We just had John Lukomnik on the show. Now we're going to have Nell Minow on the show. I mean, she's something special. I mean, this is like unprecedented. So come back, listen. We'll be back again on Woke Wednesday. Until then, goodbye.